podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast on Anfield Index. My name is Matt McElroy, and I will be your moderator for today's discussion. I'm joined, as always, by Lubo Murkoff and Paul Jenkins. How are you guys doing? Yep, doing really good, Matt. Um, it's a nice sunny evening here in Northern Ireland. Uh, I've just had a barbecue, and I am looking forward to our discussion this evening. Yeah, that's you, your evening is off to a good start. And and Lupo, yeah. how you doing? Are you are you are you coping with your your Twitter ban? Uh it it, it is fine. It is <laughs> fine. I am uh, I'm now uh, you know the, the the various stages. You know I'm past the anger and the denial, <laughs> and I think I think I have entered the acceptance stage. And uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I have submitted about three appeals already, and they keep telling me you have already submitted an appeal for this account. But you know I'll I'll, I'll keep I'll keep. Uh, uh, arguing against the system, see what happens. That's what got you banned. <laughs> What's that? That's what got you banned. Too much arguing. <laughs> too much arguing, exactly. Too 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 many angry words against uh, certain <laughs> Skype personalities. Oh dear. And you, Matt, how are you uh, doing out in Seattle? Oh, uh, very very good. Uh, it's a a nice rainy rainy morning, so pretty pretty standard uh, Seattle spring. So uh, as uh, as we get started, I want to note that we are are recording here live on Discord. Uh, so if you are listening live, uh, go ahead and pop a question into the chat, and we'll try to get it get to it as we go through the through the podcast. Uh, and if you have not joined the Anfield Index Discord. Um, be sure to get on that. Uh, it's a really nice conversation for all things Liverpool. So be sure to uh, to, to click over and, and get get signed up on on Anfield Index Discord. So today we have uh, two opening questions uh, for our discussion for our podcast, and uh, the first one comes from Tadiwa. Uh, so who has been the most positive, surprising player of the season thus far? So uh, Paul, do you want to get us started? Who's your uh, most surprising player? Yeah, <clears throat> there's obviously, you know, we look at the squad and there's obviously a, a number of players who could probably fit the bill for this, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Joel Matip. Um I just think that uh, at the start of the season, we were kind of 
curious as to how uh, Van Dyke would have recovered from last season's injuries, and I know we've seen him towards the end or, or you know pre-season and whatnot, and coming through, and we're like, ah, oh, yeah, he's going to be grand. But ultimately, Joel just kind of like stepped it up, and it just feels like this season. Um, the things that have hampered him in the past couple of seasons, injuries, fitness issues, not being able to play maybe three games in a week kind of idea. It just seems as if all of that has just been left in in, in the past and he has been incredibly uh, durable and reliable. But more than that, like his, his ball playing, his ball carrying, his popping up with goals, um, assisting and just progressive play this season has just been I don't know, he just seems to have taken things to a different level and I know that maybe two seasons ago we were kind of talking about Joe Gomez as, you know, effectively Virgil van Dijk's partner and Matip would be the rotation option if we brought someone else in, but it just seems and it feels as if this season he's just went, no, hold on a minute, I'm here I'm still going to be uh, I, I'm still a massive part of what's happening in this and I, I feel that actually probably this season, he, like it, it might be controversial, but he he feels as if he's been our best centre-back, and that's kind of odd to say that when you've got Virgil van Dijk in your team. But I really feel that in, in certain games, you know, he's just been there, um, and he has just been <clears throat> a different level. Uh, so I think I think probably that would be the most positive, maybe not the most surprising, but definitely I think it's kind of one of those, he's one of those players who has just kind of went, wow, right, okay, yeah, this is, he has been available so much and played brilliantly. I don't remember one game where he's been like, uh, that was a bad game from Joel, where sometimes maybe in the past he might have said that. Um, so, yeah, I think honourable mention would go to, to, to Luis Diaz coming in. That's the most surprising player because one is his transfer we didn't expect to happen when it happened. And two, he has been just like every game just on the money. Whenever he's been called upon, he's been right there. Does he, you know, does he know the system inside out? No. But at the same time, when he comes in, he just plays incredibly well. So that would be my my surprise player, and then my honourable mention. Yeah, Joel is is one who's just a, a very fun player, and you know, after after two seasons where he just could not shake the injuries. So uh, in nineteen twenty, he only completed eleven nineties, and last season only nine nineties. So mm-hmm. that's uh, a, a big difference to uh, this year, where he's got 36 90s and it's the most wow. he's ever played for Liverpool in any any season since he joined uh 6 years ago so it's a it's a it's a big improvement and uh, I'm really happy that that happened uh he was also one that I was um concerned about coming into the season so uh for me the most surprising player has been uh Costas Simicus so mm-hmm. um last season you know he had a rough um rough entry into the team with his transfer during the pandemic and sort of like coming to a new country, getting COVID and just didn't seem to get an opportunity because of all of the, the turmoil going on with injuries. And, and so just couldn't, didn't get a chance uh, to show what he could do. And, you know, when, mm-hmm. when we've had situations like this in, in the past where the player hasn't been a, getting getting opportunities or getting chances from Klopp, it start to, you start to start to worry that they're not going to be able to get into the team. And this year, he's finally gotten his chance, getting a little bit more stability at, at center back. And boy, can he, he just deliver a ball. And like that, 
was something that I was not expecting. And I think that with the uh, his last six assists that brought him to six for the season in all competitions, which is the most he's had for on loan and was one that was not going to be into, like reintegrated in the team, but you know he has led the charge in the, the domestic cup runs, and I think he's up to, to nine goals in all competitions this uh, season so far. So to me, I think that he's another one that was quite surprising. Yeah. So then, uh, Lubo, what about you? What is, what is your most surprising player, or who is your most surprising player? So I, I would actually just uh, uh, my uh, honorable mention would be Joel as well uh, for many of the reasons that that you guys discussed. I just I, I'd like to point out that actually Joel it was extremely durable in in uh, Germany and he had seasons of over four thousand minutes um, and it really was uh, a, a good thing that uh, was something that Simon Brundish mentioned that they finally um, had a, did surgery on him I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was able to fix some of the underlying uh, issues that were plaguing him, and and it's been just amazing to see him fully fully healthy and and fully available. So he was he would be my uh, honorable mention, uh, but my uh, surprise player of the year would be Ibu Kodate, and it's someone it's a player that I had watched uh, in in Germany with Leipzig. I liked him. Uh, but it it just feels uh, it it has been great to just uh, uh, see him. Uh, just step in at Liverpool and, and he's matured. He's just, he's grown, he's matured. You, you could see he's bigger now. He's stronger. It feels like he's faster, which I don't know if that's even possible because he was plenty fast at, at Leipzig. Uh, but it, it's just the way he's been able to, to step in next to, next to Virgil or, or next to Joel. I believe he even had a game with, uh, um, with Joe at one point of time, uh, playing mostly on the right, but also playing on the left. Uh, and how he's just been able to integrate into the the high line system that that we play, hardly missed a beat. I mean, there were a couple of shaky games. I think that uh, the one against Brighton, where a lot of players had shaky games, uh, comes to mind. But uh, this year, since January, he has been tremendous, and now he's scoring goals. And I absolutely did not expect this. I mean, I definitely felt that he would be the one for the future. Um, is someone we could really rely on more in in a year or two, possibly. But the way he's he's stepped up this season has been just phenomenal. So uh, he he's my he's my pick for the for the surprise player of the year. Yeah, his integration in the into the team has been uh, quite spectacular. I, I think that we're still at the point where uh, Liverpool have not lost when he's played. But I guess yep. you know. Liverpool's only lost what uh, two, two, three games all season, so that I guess that's the case for most people. But but still, uh, no, no losses for for Ibu Kanate in a in a Liverpool shirt yet. Long may uh, continue. Yes, let's 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 keep that up. So uh, that's a good um, good time to to move to our second opening question, and this one comes from Phil Bartz. So uh, Phil asks, does it feel better to be a red right now? or at this point in the 1920 season. Mm-hmm. So to sort of set the stage and provide some context for that is uh, Liverpool clinched the title with seven time, uh, seven games to go in 2019-20. So we just completed 
uh, match day 32 yesterday against Manchester United. So we're roughly the same point in the, the season in terms of games played, even though uh, 1920 was um, different because of the disruptions from the pandemic. So uh, to just compare the seasons a little bit, uh, in, in, in 1920, uh, Liverpool exited the, the League Cup in the quarterfinals, the Champions and the FA Cup in the fifth round. So the, the caveat to the League Cup run in 1920 is that um, that quarterfinal game was played within 24 hours of the Club World Cup. So Liverpool played a team of all under-18s, and that's why they lost it. Uh, and Liverpool had taken the first team to Qatar and won the Club World Cup. So... As it stands right now, comparing the two seasons in 1920, you had the Premier League title wrapped up and the Club World Cup in hand, uh, but we're out of, out of the other competitions. Uh, as we stand today in the league in the round of 16-22, Liverpool are in second by one point in the Premier League in the semifinals of the Champions League, have won the League Cup, and are in the final of the FA Cup. So, continuing with you, Lubo, does it feel better to be a red right now? Or at this point in the nineteen twenty season, it it feels different, and and I know it, it's a bit of a cop out answer, but uh, I think if you'd asked me uh, at uh, when was it before the the the, the game uh, against Atletico in March, right? So if you'd asked me this question a month ago or six weeks ago, I would definitely say that season was magical, just because we had uh, won the, the the Super Cup, we had won the Club World Cup. It, it, we're just humming on, on this ridiculous, I think we ended up uh, going on a uh, streak in the league where uh, we had won 36 games and drawn two of the last 38 games, which is, it, which is basically a, be- a better run than any team had ever done and probably would yeah, that, ever do. That's 110-point season. That's exactly it. And so that team was just so ridiculous. We had won the, the league with almost 10 games to spare uh, everything just looked so so beautiful but then uh, the, the loss to being knocked out of the of the champions league to to atletico in such a weird fashion and then the pandemic and i was just looking back uh, a year ago this time they were nobody knew what the pandemic meant nobody knew if if we would if we would have football again uh, again there was talks about null and void would you ever play the season? Would, there, would the, the whole season be scrapped? Would we even get the title? Right? So it was really just a really difficult time, really dark time, well, two years ago. Um, yes. And I think Spring that... Spring 2020 the, was a time of uncertainty in it, a it, lot of It problems. was. And, and so it was, it was something that we had already sort of achieved. You, you, could, you could sense it, but you just weren't sure if it would really happen because of... Uh, the pandemic and the null and void and, and everything else. And now we're almost the other way where we're almost there. The team is just playing so well. You know, everything is at the fingertips, but we don't quite have it aside from the, from the league cup. Right. So we, we keep talking about the Q word, right. And could it happen? And we keep saying it's, it, it, it's possible, but it's, it's also, you know, it, it would be gutting, but you could see a, a, a a universe where you only have a league cup right at the end. And so from that perspective, I don't know. I, I think it, because it's April and that's what makes uh, 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 Phil's question so difficult. If you ask me March 1st, 
of 2020 versus March 1st this year, I would definitely take 2020. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I love this season. And uh, even though we still uh, have three trophies to win and we, you know, we may or may not win them, we like to think we will. But there's just something magical about this season, and just the way the way it looks, the way it feels. Um, and I'm just, I'm just, I, I, if I had to pick, I would pick this season. That's fair. So, Paul, what what are your thoughts on this? That's interesting, level that you've picked this season. <clears throat> I would, I would probably say, and it is a it's a really good question for Phil, um, because you know you do have to weigh up the. The fact that we are play, we're still playing for so much this season. Whereas that season, well, by this stage, we had won the league and there was nothing left to play for. And it's one of them ones where you're going, "Oh my goodness!" Like, is it better to still be in effectively the chance with winning four titles, or is it better to have one in the hand but be but out of the rest of them? Um, now I know we've won the the league cup, but let's be honest, it's nowhere near the same level as the league. And I don't know. I just think at this, I think at this point in time, right, two years ago, in terms of knowing that we'd won the league, set aside the pandemic stuff and everything that was happening with COVID. But if we look at the, we have won the Premier League for the first time in in the Premier League's history. We've won a title for the first time in thirty years. I, I I really don't know if you can top that emotion, um, because that was you know we'd won the Champions League the year before, and then we'd won the Premier League, and I was like, you know that was elation. You know, that you you offset that with then COVID hit, <clears throat> the pandemic was there, couldn't celebrate, couldn't lift the you know couldn't lift the trophy in front of a full stadium, couldn't do the 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 the, the open top the bus parade or anything, and we know what the Champions League one was like. So the Premier League was going to be three times, four times as big as what that would have been, um, and so you kind of go, oh, "Well, that yeah, I see how that that you know put a wee bit of a dampener on it." But I would still say it felt better then than where we're sitting now, simply because we had that title that we had effectively wanted for so many years and had eluded us. Um, but that being said. If you ask me this question in you know four weeks' time when we're when when we've won the league and we're sitting ready to go into the Champions League final and an FA Cup final, you know the the answer could be very 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 different. But just as it sits, I kind of look at it and go, uh, it was. I think I was more excited then because we had won the league, and at the minute now I'm excited, but it's uh it's a apprehensive excite, ex, excitement because I know that we could still end the season with just a League Cup and nothing else. I'm not saying that we will. Like I'm a believer that, you know, we're gonna go all the way and do as much as possible. But, you know, at this point in time the league is out of our hands. But back then we had just won it and it was the trophy we would wait for for so long. Yeah, it, it's a this is a super difficult question to uh answer and both of your perspectives are very interesting. Uh, I think that, you know, when I'm reflecting on like what's happened this season, what happened in that season is like sort of picking between sort of two alternatives. So in like 2019, 20, um, in the league, just everything was smooth sailing. Right. Mm -hmm. But then the cup competitions were like pretty rocky this season. It's like the cup competitions have like smooth sailing, like Liverpool have been great. 
uh, and then in the league, while being really good, it's not quite as good as it was, like Lubo was saying, with the like 36 wins yeah. out of 38 games and, and just like utter domination in the league. It's just the, the more dominance has been in those cup competitions and those knockouts. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's so it's hard to weigh up because they're just a little bit different. And like you're saying, like the winning it for the first time in, in 30 years is just this huge sense of relief that everybody felt. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if I had to pick, I think that it might be better right now, even though we don't know the result, just because yeah. the journey of the season has been so good. Uh, and like keeping things alive to the end, like a semifinal, two finals, and being within a point of top on April 20th, that that is just going to be hard to match in any season. So I think that right now is probably just like a tiny bit better than it was, say, at this point in, in 1920. Plus, you know, in about two hours, we will have seen Adam Lallana score a, a late game winner. <laughs> At the at the Etihad, so this that that's going to be the clincher. Just Paul doesn't know it yet, but uh, but that, 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 that's that's what that's what's deciding it for me. It's it's going to be Adam Alana. Um, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, he did uh, tweet about it, didn't he? Yeah. He did. Not Adam, that <laughs> yeah, Adam did. He did. Yeah, Adam. I did see him talking about it. I feel like. At least he was just so poetic, right? Uh, yeah. But um, well, well, well I'm, that's what I'm calling. That's what I'm calling it. And then you know, uh, we'll see. I'll check the score in about uh, two hours and 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 just see if it happens. Mm-hmm. We'll re-record yeah, we'll, the we'll... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the celebrations, right? Uh, so that's a that's a good point uh, in time to um, get into our sort of second topic, which is looking at the. Um, at the results since we last uh, did a podcast. So um, since we last spoke to you, Liverpool has qualified for the FA Cup final uh, with wins over Nottingham Forest and Manchester City. Uh, Liverpool have, in the Premier League, beaten Watford and Manchester United and then gotten a draw with Manchester City. Uh, In the Champions League, Liverpool have uh, secured qualification over Benfica, uh, winning both legs. So uh, before we take a look at the midfield. Do you have any, um, do either of you have thoughts you want to bring up um, or things you want to highlight from, from that run since, uh, since the last international break? I'll go. Lubo, do you want to get us started? Yeah. 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 The last, I think the last, maybe a little bit um, prematurely at the time, uh, that last podcast, I, I called it return to the, to the semis. Uh, on mm-hmm. a play words of, of, of the star Wars, right? Uh, uh, but actually, we hadn't at that time. We hadn't uh, clinched the uh, uh, return to the semifinals, I believe, because we still hadn't played uh, Forest, and that ended up being a pretty difficult game. And then we hadn't advanced past Benfica, and actually, we ended up winning one and drawing one. Matt, uh, we drew at home, even though oh, technically, that's right, draw one. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't really matter. Uh, but but honestly, the results in, in my head, it was a win. It, it was. It was really. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, the results have been probably about as good as you wanted to. I think the only thing that would have made it any better is if we had somehow 
stolen one, uh, I, 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 that uh, the game at the Etihad and and moved ahead uh, of them. But honestly, going into that game, I felt a draw was still a good result for mm-hmm. us because it still kept us within the point. It gave us the opportunity to apply pressure on them and you know potentially even move ahead, which is what happened last night with the win. So now the pressure is on them, but. In terms of the, the cup competitions and in terms of um, uh, just the results there, it's been great. And, and honestly, I, I think that um, others may disagree, but I almost feel that if, if we had to, uh, if, if we had lost at, uh, at the Etihad in the league uh, and, and, and then somehow just uh, stumbled across and, and, and got knocked out at the at the FA Cup semifinal to City, it would be such a such a, a gut punch, one to gut punch for uh, for us on this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the, the the way the results panned out, especially being able to beat them uh, in in the semifinal, and it honestly felt like an FA Cup final. I know we didn't get a trophy for it. We still have to uh, play Chelsea, and we may talk about it. Uh, but uh, it, it just felt like such a huge result. So. I honestly don't have any complaints about about the results um, uh, at, at all. The, the draw at at at, at City, or even the, the draw at home against the Benfica, it was just a fun game. It didn't really matter. We advanced, and and um, and I, I I could not complain about the results. Yeah, I think the the Benfica home game definitely felt like a a game where the result was already predetermined. And so they're just sort of like we're playing it out, especially once Liverpool started scoring. Um, it it just sort of had this uh, inevitability feeling for for Liverpool and and, uh, and qualification. Uh, and then in in the City games, I, you know, the teams are just so close in terms of their talent that um, for me it just sort of brought or like brought home that you know. Every single player has to be extremely dialed in and just be on the top of their game uh, in order to, you know, get the results that are needed. And uh, I don't, I don't know that all of our guys had the, their best game in the in the Premier League game, but um, mm-hmm. it was enough to get the draw, which is the result, like the minimum result that was needed to keep the season alive. So I thought that was really good. Um, Paul, anything that you want to highlight for the the most recent round? I think. I think you know you guys are covering it there um, pretty well. You know, ultimately, you know we've we, we've showed that that we've went toe to toe with the team that we would arguably say is the best team in the world in City, um, and and we've been able to 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 match them. And I, you know, I, I I just think that possibly that that City game at the Etihad, we maybe we started slow and we maybe showed them a wee bit too much respect. But then after that, once we got going, you know, I definitely think I think it's a mark of where we've come uh, that that Pep had to change his approach in the way that he set up for that game and how he wanted to play that game. Uh, you know, nearly playing with the double pivot and just pushing De Bruyne to that end of the, you know that wee bit further forward number ten role kind of idea, uh, and just maybe trying to change their approach of how they played balls in behind us. Which you know I don't necessarily think is the way that City generally play. So I know that that for them, they were definitely scared of us coming. And that's you know we we've heard we've all seen the Amazon stuff where Pep talks about the front three and not being able to handle them. So um, I, you know I think we went into that game feeling confident, but probably we played them a 
little bit too much respect. And then the FA Cup, man. Oh, wow. You know, that for half, it was like, it was nearly as if we learned the lesson. Now, I know they changed personnel, and that's, that's you know, classic Pep overthinking uh, or just trying to, you know, trying to you know, honour. You can see what he did with the goalkeeper, honour and Stephens. Um, the fact that he had played in the FA Cup and was in that run, you know, but you just kind of go, we just absolutely smashed them um, that first half, and it was simply in football. And then again last night, it was just the same. It was just like, you know, teams are, you know, United are switching to play five at the back in, in defence, three, four, three in attack, whatever way, in possession, whatever way you want to look at it. They're changing to try and try and defend us, and they just don't have answers for it. And it's just, it's just been great to see kind of how, um, you know, we've come through all of those games. I think what has been really impressive this season is, is coming through from periods of time when we've said, that's going to be hard, that's going to be hard, that's going to be hard. You think of AFCON, you think of, um, you know, coming into the run off the back of AFCON and teams that were playing. Then after this international break, you know, you're going, oh, you've got City, you've got Man United. Those are hard games. At the weekend, we've got Everton. You're kind of going, those are going to be hard games. Well, we have the squad, you throw in Champions League, we're definitely dropping points. And the end of what we don't, we get through, we're in the FA Cup final. We're in the Champions League semi-final. We're one point behind City. We've pushed them all the way. So, you know, these results since the international, I, I think, aside from, you know, obviously getting getting a win against City at, at, at the Etihad, which would be a massive ask. Let's, you know, be under no illusions. We've done probably as well as we could have imagined that we were going to. Um, so I think it's been, you know, I think it's been a good run. Yeah, Liverpool have like superbly navigated the very difficult schedule, uh, and in, you know, looking at the uh, club ELO ratings and the SPI ratings on five thirty eight, <laughs> Liverpool, like with with their wins, um, have just edged ahead of City as like the number one rated team by the advanced statistics models. So, uh, <laughs> I think that the last time that happened was actually in February of twenty twenty. So we're Liverpool is back on top, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think this is a good point to, to talk about what we've seen in the last couple of weeks in terms of the midfield. So um, Klopp's finally unleashed the Fabiago trio. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, why, why NWA Foodie wanted to, to ask us, um, how good does it feel to see a fully fit Naby Keita? It's like, so, Paul, what do you think about Naby yeah. Keita? I've been a massive fan of Naby, um, and it's just been one of those ones where kind of like you're just waiting. And I know he did the interview where he said you haven't seen the best of me, and I even think was it was it Ralph uh, Ranick uh, has talked previously about how good he is, and I was just reading the quotes that that Jurgen that, that Jurgen made um, about Thiago and Naby being the the top two midfielders in the Bundesliga, um, and we've managed to we've managed to bring both of them in. <clears throat> Um, to our lineup, and yeah, it has taken a while for Naby to reach the point where he's reached. For one reason or another, we know about internationals coming back injured, getting injuries, maybe not having the best performances, being taken out of the team. But right now, it just feels incredible to know um, that that he is absolutely firing. But that midfield three with uh, Fabinho, Thiago, and Naby is just different level, um, and and and. We'd have lots of debates about the different people that could probably fit into that and could play in that midfield. 
last night Henderson played there. We talk about Curtis Jones. We talking about you know there's a number of different guys who could who we have in the squad. Harvey Elliott started the season and then hasn't been there. But I just think that ultimately this is the Naby that we signed. And it's taken until now to see it, but it's just, there's been flashes of it. It's not that it's taken until now. There have been flashes of it, but just being able to manage him and get him to this point, it just feels like uh, when everyone's coming to the, you know, when teams are coming to the end of the season, they're getting injuries. You know, De Bruyne for Man City, not quite there. Kyle Walker having an injury. And we're sitting here with effectively a full squad ready and available to choose from. We're four or five um senior players every game who can't make the bench. And you're just like we are in prime position to push on and it's just great to see that nobody has been picked for those big games. We have you know, as <clears throat> as we talked about, we have unleashed what has necessarily been the, the midfield that we have talked about as probably the best midfield that we could play. And we are unleashing it at the business end of the season when you're like, yeah, we can go on. And from here, you know, we can we can win things. And I think, you know, this midfield and, you know, Jordan Henderson and uh, Curtis Jones and, and, and even Milner have that ability to come in there and see out games and help us over the line with these games. And great rotation, being able to, to, to bring Thiago off and drop Naby an in and bring Henderson on. You know, there's just so much there in terms of what we can do. So yeah, it's it's superb to be able to see this. Yeah, it's fantastic the way that um, the the staff has managed the the playing time of both Navi Keita and, and Tiago. Um, you know, early in the season they were sort of just like trading off, like one would start and then the mm-hmm. next game the other one would start, and it just sort of kept them both help, healthy and going. And now that we've got to where you need to have that next level. Uh, Klopp started to play them at the same time. Uh, so, like, now that we finally see it all together, it's just like, this is just as good or better than I thought it could be. And, you know, yeah. like, Naby Keita has, like, always been, like, one of my, like, favorite Liverpool players and just because he's so exciting to watch. And now now yeah. that he's finally getting his due, it's 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 quite good. Uh, you know, it's, like, like you were saying, it's, like, with the injuries and uh, not being able to, like, get fully integrated, you know, that horrific tackle by Ivan Rakitic yeah. at the Camp Nou, like, that just really uh, put Naby on, um, like, a bad path uh, for, like, two seasons. And now it seems like things are a little bit more uh, where his injuries are, are manageable and he's just, he can play and be a little bit more durable and just contribute to the team. So, like, it's awesome. So, Lubo, what are what are your thoughts on uh, Naby Keita and the midfield? I mean, you guys have said a lot of other things that I wanted to touch on. I I, I just wanted to mention something that uh, Ted Knudsen uh, from Stats Statsbomb. I remember he was a huge Naby Keita fan mm-hmm. back when he was even when he was with, still with Salzburg and then with Leipzig, and he was writing these articles and he was just saying that uh, uh, Arsenal should should buy him. But he had said something that. Uh, that I always remember, he said, if you want the best uh, defensive midfielder available, you buy Naby Keita. And if you want the best attacking midfielder available, you buy Naby Keita. And, mm-hmm. and I think we, we, we're seeing this at, at, at Liverpool. And he has taken time. I mean, when he came in originally early on, 
in his first season especially, he was very much an attacking player. You could see that very early on coming in and 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 helping with the attack and the through balls and the shots and the goals and the and the penalty area involvements. And I think that Klopp, what took a bit of time is for for Klopp to build that defensive side of his game where he could slot him into that genie role and in in that more of a left sided eight and trust him there. Yeah. Uh, and and then I think Thiago being you know doing a great job there had meant for a while that Naby was more used as a, as a almost as a as a backup or a rotation option for Thiago which is great because those those two players uh, they can do that role but I think that this season and he, he he had good games this season he had really good games this season I mean that that 5-0 win at, at Man United mm-hmm. he was phenomenal before he he got uh, um injured by by Paul Pogba uh but I I honestly think that um looking back the the league cup final against Chelsea was such a huge turning point. Uh, I mean, I don't know in, in Klopp's mind or in in, in Naby's mind. Uh, and if you remember, he wasn't supposed to start. He was supposed to be Thiago, and then Thiago uh, uh, just uh, got some <clears throat> some some niggle in in in, in, in the warm ups. And the fact that Naby came in cold and for eighty minutes or eighty five minutes, however much he played, he absolutely. Shut down um, Golo Kante, who is a phenomenal midfielder, and mm-hmm. really allowed us to to dominate against that Chelsea uh, midfield. To me, that almost felt like that's whether it's Klopp, whether it's him, uh, the coaches. It almost felt like okay, Naby Naby now is ready for for prime time this season, and you could see then since then he has been a lot more involved. He's moved, moved ahead of uh, oh, definitely Milner. Uh, but now he's started with Benfica, and now uh, 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 at, at uh, against City in the FA Cup final, he's basically starting as one of the top three midfielders ahead of uh, Henderson. And I think that is probably the the most difficult thing you could do at Liverpool right now yeah. is, is is to be one of the top three midfielders because there are some really good midfielders that that Klopp could choose from. And he has really stepped up. And there was an interview he did recently where he said that, uh, you know, we haven't seen the best of him. And I think he's, 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 you could see his confidence and now he's delivering. And, and long may continue the rest of this season. Hopefully uh, he stays. Hopefully he gets a new contract and he can stay a, a few more years. I mean, in many ways, he's just entering his prime. Uh, so I would love to see him for the next uh, five, six years uh, stay at Liverpool and continue to play the way he has because he can be just he can just be world class. Right. So Naby has just turned twenty seven. So he's got three, four more years of 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 prime seasons that he could have at Liverpool and that would be fantastic. Uh so Liverpool have ten games left in the season. Uh Naby's played just under sixteen hundred minutes, so he could get to two thousand minutes in a season for Liverpool for the first time. That's that's uh, that's really good. Um, so one other thing we wanted to, to touch on here in this uh, section is um, what do you think has prompted uh, the change in the approach from Jurgen Klopp uh, towards the domestic cups? So Lubo, do you want to get us started on that one? Well, I don't. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Klopp uh, when he didn't have the squad that he has now. I mean, it makes sense that he would always prioritize qualifying for the Champions League, doing well in the Champions League, and trying to do 
well in the league, right? That those are the two big competitions. Uh, and uh, and over the years, I do think he's tried to take uh, the domestic cup seriously. I mean, he did get to a final in the league cup in his first season in 2016, and and lost uh, in, in, on penalties. And he has had some difficult draws, but it, uh, in, in, especially in the FA Cup. But there there was also that situation where he had to f- field the really young kids because they were in in the club World Cup. So I think it's just been uh, this year. It's been just the fact that he's had the squad. He's finally had the squad. The squad. He's had the, the available players, and, and and you know, in some ways, a little bit lucky. We've gotten some of the the good draws. So if you look in the FA Cup and in the League Cup, granted, we did get you know uh, Leicester and 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 Arsenal in, in the League Cup, and then obviously Chelsea in the final. The FA Cup has been easier. We did get uh, Man City in the semifinal, but before that, those were. Easier draw. So I think it's been a combination of things, having a full squad, having a, um, uh, a lot of players, who quality players who can play in the Cups, getting a little bit of an easier draw. Uh, but uh, it's, it's just many things coming together. And I don't think Klopp has always disrespected the, the domestic Cups. He's just always had to make choices uh, that have meant that... Uh, <laughs> You know, he's he's had to possibly deprioritize one or two of the, the those competitions, or or one or two games in those competitions. And when you're in the knockout competition, that's basically you're out. Uh, but I'm just I'm just relieved as as someone who didn't really historically care about the domestic cups or especially the league cup. I have to say I've in, I've really enjoyed those games against Arsenal were just tremendous. The the final against Chelsea was just such a nail biter. It was such a great game. So I, I'm really glad that uh, the combination of uh, available players and and uh, Klopp's decisions and and uh, the draw has meant that uh, we've 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 won one cup and now we're in the final with a chance to win another. That, that is fun. That is what, and especially for people who are in in, in England and or the UK and can go to Wembley uh, for the finals. That is just so great. It's just I absolutely love it for the fans. Yeah, I think that, like you're saying, it's like some confluence of factors that have all sort of come together to make it easier to navigate the run with the you know more favorable draws. But I really think that you know we've seen over the last three to four years that Liverpool has actually really developed its depth and its academy. So mm-hmm. both the backups are better <clears throat> when they're coming in to play in these games. And then the kids who are working with the backups are also better. So, like, it's just you have a little bit more talent, a little bit easier run, and then it just makes it um, just a little bit easier to progress. So, Paul, do you have uh, thoughts on this? I think you have covered it. You know, I think in some respects it's just been an accidental thing. <laughs> this season we've fallen into the fact that things have, things have went for us. Um, we've had the players. We haven't had injuries. We've had the 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 run of the of the draws, and we've basically found ourselves in the final of a of a league cup, final of an FA Cup, um, and we've 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 kind of we've kind of been able to, to to save those players for the league and navigate the cups with, as you said, Matt, the 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 the, the younger players and the backup players who are just at a better level than they've probably been the last couple of seasons. So it's maybe a happy accident, but it, it's great that that we've been able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good time to to start looking ahead uh, to to what's to come for Liverpool. So this weekend is the Merseyside Derby. Uh, So there are six games left in the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool really need to win them all. 
there is a second final coming up against Chelsea in the FA Cup. I believe that is in a couple weeks' time, in early May. And then we have a Champions League semi-final that starts next week in the first leg um, against Villarreal. So uh, one thing we need to talk about in this section is actually not Liverpool. It's Manchester City. So uh, looking at the schedule for Manchester City, we've already sort of talked about this with them playing Brighton today. Uh, where do you think they're most likely to slip up? Um, Paul, do you want to start us off on that one? Oh, it's such a hard one, you know, because you really look at the you look at the games and you think, well, they should win out all of them. Um, and you know, if you're being if you're being pessimistic about it, you kind of go, well, there's nowhere they're really going to slip up. But you know, that's not the positivity podcast. So <laughs> I would kind of be going, I'd be going against the ethos of this podcast. But going, no, I don't think they're going to lose anywhere. Um, I, I do think that there, there's a possibility of Brighton tonight. Um, there is also, I, I think they still have West Ham to play, um, which could yeah, so be a I'll, tough one. Let me uh, jump in. I can give you yeah. the schedule. So they're, they're playing Brighton tonight at home. Then they have Watford at home, Leeds away, uh, mm-hmm. Newcastle at home, West Ham away, and then on the final day they host Aston Villa. They also have an away game against Wolves that has not been scheduled, that was postponed from last weekend. Um, so the Leeds away game is between their semifinals against Real Madrid. I definitely, I definitely think Leeds away. You look at their away games, so you said Leeds away, um, Wolves away, and was Newcastle away? And- West, West Ham. Ham is away. West Ham is away. So those three away games, you know, that, that to be as positive as possible, they're not they're not easy games away. Now your your fear is that West Ham are on the beach because they're either in the Europa League final or they've had nothing left to play for in the league because they can't get Champions League and they've got whatever they've got. So that's your worry with them. Um, Wolves Wolves are just a really odd one this season you know Wolves are grinding out results and getting results at places you don't expect and then you know they're still they're still kind of in the in, in the in the reckoning for some kind of European place are they um, so you know so there's Wolves, them going for for top four Wolves so. Wolves are on 49 points with 32 matches played uh, Tottenham is currently fourth and they're at 57 with 32 yeah. played so they're I mean, outside looking in, uh, and even Arsenal uh, is at uh, the yeah. live standings are 55 on 32. So even getting into the the Europa League looks a little bit um, a little bit tough for Wolves. Yeah, but this you know, so I still think I still think and Leeds under Jesse March, it's a different it's a different proposition than under Bielsa. So yeah, you know. This season has shown that there's so there's so much um, unpredictability um, about where teams are dropping points and who's taking points off who. I, I think it would be remiss to say that they couldn't win every game because I think they can in the same way that I think we can win out every game. But I also feel that there is opportunities there for teams to take points off City. I'm not going to try and predict which game because at this point in time, I just think that's I just think it's too difficult. But Lubo, uh, smarter man than me, may have a may have a prediction on that. Yeah, Lubo, go ahead. Well, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, could they win all seven games, uh, six or seven games? I think they have six left now. Or uh, could they win all of them? Yes, they can. 
Um, but are there enough uh, banana peels, potential banana peels in there? Absolutely. And exactly, that Leeds game in between uh, Real Madrid and those could be two very bruising games against Real Madrid, yeah. as we have seen. And then they have to go. And you know Leeds, they're just going to run forever. I mean, that's that's the one thing. And and Je- what Jesse Marsh has done is has stabilized them a bit defensively. They're, they, they're still playing very aggressively, uh, but they, they're a little bit better defensively at Wolves, at West Ham, always awkward. And West Ham, it, it, it will depend because it's possible West Ham have qualified for the Europa League final and are resting players, putting all of their eggs in that basket, or it's possible they've been knocked out in the semifinals and now... Mm-hmm. They're realizing that they need to get all the points because you know they want to be in the Europa League again, and especially given the, the the journey they've had in the Europa League again, you could see why they would try to be there again next year. Uh, and and I think it's been a great competition for 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 everyone for their fans. So it it it, it will be awkward again. I think it's it, it, you would have to say um, it's. Yeah, it's 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 easy to say Man City will will uh, win all of their games, but the reality is, uh, you know, uh, the last seven games before today, they had actually dropped seven points in those seven games, yeah. right? So, yeah. and and some of those points were you know home to Spurs and 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 just at Palace, and, and so it, it's hard to know. Uh, let me put it this way: I I feel on current form and just. Just the way the teams are playing and the way players are uh, are performing. If I had to pick which team between Liverpool and Man City would I rather put money to win all of their remaining games, I would say Liverpool. Now, that doesn't mean Man City Mm -hmm. cannot win theirs. Uh, And if they do it, fair play. But I just just sense there's there's one game there that we don't expect. Uh, They're going to slip up. And, you know, for all I know, it's going to be today. You know, Adam Lallana. Coming off the bench, <laughs> I already called it. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, in looking at their schedule, um, just or their results for the season, City has been a little bit weird. It's like they've either won both of their games against the team, or either drawn or lost against uh, any given opponent. So, like uh, with Liverpool, Southampton, Palace, and Spurs, they've failed to win either of the games. But then everybody else, they've beaten them both times. So then none of the games left are against those opponents where they've dropped points. So that makes it a little bit weird. Like, are they just going to do what they did to everyone else in their final six games? So um, mm-hmm. it, it's possible that Wolves could be the team that get the result because they have in the past couple seasons taken points off City. Um, so it might be them. Uh, that. And like Lubo was saying, I'm also in the camp where if I'm like gonna put down a bet, I'm betting on Liverpool to win all six rather than City. But unclear to me exactly who um, who City will drop points against. So uh, shifting gears a little bit to the Champions League, um, what are your thoughts on uh, the upcoming games against Villarreal? Lubo, do you want to get us started on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely. I... Coming in uh, after the, the draw for the quarterfinals and the semifinals was done, and you saw, okay, you're getting Benfica by far the worst team, and then you're getting possibly Bayern, and I would rather play Bayern than one of the, the English teams. And, and we were joking, well, you know, Villarreal, they could upset Bayern, and that would be funny, ha, ha, ha. Not, not that we really believed it, 
but it happened. Yeah. And I actually watched both of the Bayern games against uh, Villarreal. And it, Villarreal are just very awkward. They're just very awkward. They, 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 they do the basically a 4-4-2-4-4-1-1 uh, style, just very well organized, a little bit like Atletico uh, um, uh, Madrid in the way they play. They're very physical. They close the gaps really well. They, they do that low block about as well as, as anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not going to be an easy opponent uh, for sure. And I think definitely um, Liverpool would not, estim- uh, would not underestimate them. I think Klopp and the team having done the analysis, I think they'll know they're a very, very difficult opponent. They're an opponent that as long as our you know, uh, we do we do the right thing. We should be able to uh, to advance. It could be a, a nervy, a couple of nervy games. I, I, actually, in this case, I think being at home first could be an advantage because I could see us. Um, I, I expect us to go to Villarreal with a lead, maybe one or two goal lead, hopefully, and that would force them there to open up and allow us to play more of a counter-attacking style, which I think would serve us uh, very well. Uh, so I don't think they're, they're easy. I don't think they're, they're an, an easy team. But uh, of the remaining uh, three teams, uh, I would rather be facing uh, Villarreal in the semifinals yeah. than, uh, than Real Madrid or Man City. So from that perspective, it's probably as good as it gets. It's not going to be nearly as easy. As, as I think a lot of fans are expecting. But I just trust that uh, Liverpool will have enough uh, to advance. And it could be, uh, on the aggregate result, it could be uh, uh, something funny like a, a 3-2 or 2-1 aggregate score over the two legs. But I, I, do, trust, um, I do trust Liverpool to advance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I had a chance to watch the, the first leg, but not the, the second leg of the... Via Real Bayern, and in the first leg, it, it was definitely apparent that um, Via Real set their defense up to uh, suppress shots and basically kept Bayern from getting anything, um, any clear chances like in the box. So all the shots were from distance. So uh, lots of low, low probability opportunities. So it'll be on Liverpool to try to do something to disrupt that to get some better shots in the box and better 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 chances and so maybe um maybe starting Luis Diaz and hoping that he can do some things uh on the dribble and then setting up either Sadio Mane or uh, Mohamed Salah to get some goals that would be fantastic uh Paul what are your thoughts on Villarreal yeah, I think <clears throat> personally, I think that it, it's a tough tie. It's the easiest out of the the three draws that we could have got, three teams that we could have got without a shadow of a doubt. I think the big thing that will play in our mind is, is the Newcastle game in between, um, and so playing at home, you want to get. I think you want to get that. You want to get that lead um, to go into the second leg because half twelve on a Saturday at, at Newcastle isn't going to be easy. Uh, and you nearly want to leave yourself well then for the Tuesday night game, the, the thing's nearly done and dusted, same as Benfica, uh, and we can play, you know, we can rotate a few players. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that uh, Naby, uh, Thiago, uh, Fabinho midfield in, in, in this game, um, and, and we we try and go for it. And I think, as you said, Matt, possibly someone like Diaz, who's a bit chaotic, unpredictable, what he's going to do, dribbling with the ball, you know, 
against that style of low block, we're going to have to try and create opportunities from from nearly nothing, and because it's going to be hard to press them into making those mistakes because they will be set up to defend that. Um, so we need a, a touch of unpredictability and someone maybe you know Naby's not afraid to take a shot from distance. Thiago can do that as well. Um, so maybe it needs to be a bit more of that against them in the first game. Um, yeah. It's not going to be easy, but you know. I think people think when 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 they hear us talk on the Positivity Podcast, all that they're thinking is that we're just going to talk about every game being, oh, this is an easy win, we're going to win at 4-0, da, 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 da. That's not what Positivity Podcast means. It means, you know, we address it and look at it and go, hey, these games are difficult, but we believe we're getting through them. We're positive about the outcome, and I believe that ultimately we are getting to the Champions League final. We just need to approach this game. Uh, with that mindset and trying, you know, trying, 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 nearly win the tie in the first game, so that we keep ourselves rolling in in, in the league. And I think actually, what could be huge, uh, and hopefully it happens, is us scoring a set piece goal uh, in mm-hmm. the first game to to open the game. And I, I that for that reason, especially the way Ibu has been scoring in the Champions League, I, you know, if yeah. I were betting man, I'd just probably put like a, a tenner on a. <laughs> Ibu to score from a corner at home against uh, against Villarreal, but that that would uh, make make a big difference. Just getting that getting that first goal early and getting them to open up a little bit, um, I think that could be a, a big advantage. But uh, absolutely, it's not going to be easy. But we have the tools between the attackers yeah. and and the set plays, and uh, and who knows? And we find the the the, one, the other thing about uh, Champions League refs is they actually give us penalties. So maybe yeah. we will get one of those as well, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll take I'll take anything, any 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 luck, any VAR decision, any penalty decision, just just to boil the piss, whatever. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I definitely think like um, like you were saying, Paul's like got to go for it in the first leg, got to win it, got to sort of do what you can to, to put it away as soon as possible to make that make that second leg easier. So before we go, let's take a real quick look at the FA Cup final. Um, what are you guys looking forward to uh, in that FA Cup final against Chelsea? Paul, can you get us started on this one? Honestly, uh, as I've said all along, you guys know, are, you know, you know what I've said this. I don't think Chelsea are all that and a, and a bag of chips. So I really think that, you know, this final is going to be, I think the way we played against City, if we approach Chelsea in that same way in the final, they're not going to be able to, to handle us. Like, uh, as, as I've just checked the score there. They are two all already against Arsenal. Arsenal have taken the lead twice in that game. So if Arsenal are scoring two against Chelsea in a Premier League match, I, I really I really don't doubt that we can go into the FA Cup final, um, and with our full strength team, I know we played them in the in in in, in the Carling, um, not this hasn't been the Carling Cup for ages in the Carabao Cup, um, and it was a close game. I just think kind of close game. It wasn't as close as what maybe the scoreline says, but um, I just think that in the FA Cup, we 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 should be able to blast them away. Yeah, I think that. Uh... I'm I'm hoping that uh, Tiago gets his chance. Like he didn't get um, yeah. the opportunity to play the the League Cup final, and you know you could tell from the the, the pictures of him on the sideline that it was something that he really wanted. So uh, I'm hoping that he is is able to give it a go. And with him on the field, because I don't I don't think that he's been on the field in any of the games that we played against them so far this mm. season. I think that he will be the difference maker. Um, yeah, Lubo. Yeah. Your your thoughts on the FA Cup final? 
we are we are the better team. And and as yes. you said, yes. if that, we have that is, all, that is absolutely true. If we have all of the, the players available and Klopp could start the team uh, that uh, he thinks would be best, um, we, we should win. And I, I, ideally, we could see um, uh, Fabinho, Thiago, and, and Keita start that final. Hopefully, they're hopefully in the Champions League final and they're the ones who start that Champions League final. It, it, that is mm-hmm. by far your most versatile most uh, high upside, most talented uh, midfield. If, if, you know, knock on wood, we avoid injuries. We have the players available. They're properly rotated. They're properly rested. I, I think we go into that final against, against Chelsea as the favorites. And I don't think it's going to be a draw. I, I, I feel confident that we would come out uh, hot off, off the, uh, the, the gate, and, and I could see us, honestly, I could see us doing a very similar blitzkrieg against them like we did against uh, Man City and just being up 3-0 at halftime and then just cruising and, and, and just, the, you know, fans being completely drunk and singing their, their asses <laughs> off for, for the second half and long after the game. Yeah, that, that's the world I want to be living in. Uh, and it's probably a good, good place for us to come to a close for today's show. Uh, so I think our plan uh, for recording in the future is to come to you again in, in, in May. So in three or four weeks, uh, our personal schedules permitting. So, um, Paul, you want to give us your, your final thoughts? Any plugs? Yeah, I think this, you know, um, we've, we've decided to start this podcast at a, at a great time. <laughs> I think everything is looking so positive and rosy and uh, it's, it's been going good. And all we need to do is just keep being uh, upbeat and keep being uh, 100% behind uh, what the team's doing. Uh, I, I, like, I don't see us, I don't see us faltering now. And all that we can ask for is that someone does us a, a solid and, and takes a point or two off City, and at that point, then we'll have it done. Yeah, absolutely. And and Lubo, your your final thoughts. Uh, but my final thoughts, I just want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. And um, if this is your first uh, uh, podcast, first episode you've listened, thank you. If this is your, I think it's going to be your fourth, a fourth, uh, thank you for that as well. And uh, I just want to go back to something that Matt said earlier. Uh, just come join Anfield, in, Anfield Index Discord. Um, that is the only place actually right now where you could, you could interact with me if that is your thing. <laughs> While while I'm sorting out, uh, while I'm having my my conversations with Elon Musk about the future of Twitter, <laughs> but but c- come and join, and then uh, maybe you like it, maybe you subscribe and become a AI Pro subscriber, and then you could listen to this podcast live. But um, uh, uh, just uh, be, be positive, and we've got this could be what about six weeks of greatness, and it is going to be an amazing ride. All right, everyone, keep up the good fight. Thank you for listening. Until we talk to, talk to you again, up the positivity red. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. 
you won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.